Welcome to the Trailer Park Podcast. This is episode eight, and I have Artor. Or how do you? So how do you? I saw that you have a few different, uh, you know, your parks on Twitter, Artor on YouTube, Sitor mm-hmm. on uh, Twitch. Um, yes. So I guess could you introduce yourself and then kind of uh, <laughs> explain where the name, like the naming scheme, comes from? Yeah. For sure. Um, well, of course, uh, my name is Parks. That's that's my real name. Um, uh, I like to think all three of them are weird. Not many people like know someone who's named Parks, but um, yeah. Uh, I run a YouTube channel called Artor. Um, I make uh, sort of, I guess you'd call them video essays or video docs on a variety of movies, games, uh, and TV shows um, spanning from like Star Wars, The Last of Us, to Cyberpunk, to uh, classic movies like Indiana Jones. Um, uh, I started on YouTube as a channel called Cytor, and that was like a, more of like a, uh, like a gameplay channel, strictly like a video game playthrough, walkthrough, let's play channel. Um, but started our tour a few years ago. So, um, on Twitch, I'm still known as Cytor. When I wanted to make a new channel, I changed that, changed the name slightly to our tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, you can call me any three of those. Most people call me Artor, and people who know me well call me Parks. So... Okay. Whatever's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, I, your channel to me is kind of like a fresh air in a way of there aren't many people making these style of, um, I feel like the, the craze or not even the craze. It's just the way people present, uh, either sci-fi media or video Mm -hmm. game, like video essays is normally shorter form, way more like comedic bits and everything like heavy editing and (laughs) stuff like that it's like it's a it's very common practice and it's because it's you know viewer retention people like you know jokes and everything but i like your uh presentation because you're taking sort of you know the more documentary kind of angle at it and would you say you've taken um like have you cultivated like any of your style from documentaries or did you take it from other YouTubers or is it kind of a mix of both? Um, I would say, you know, where that comes from, I, I will say I come from a sort of a similar sort of like, I, I mean, per, for me, a lot of it is like a, almost either like a dissatisfaction or a, or a frustration with a lot of sort of the channels you've described that are like, you know, the, 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 the short length isn't necessarily, um, something that I had ever had any problem with, but it was more so like, um, like you said, the comedic bits and, and sort of, you know, not that every video needs to be serious, but I I felt like a lot of these videos, you know, when I'd go on YouTube and I'd, you know, I'd like make ramen noodles for lunch and I'd sit down, I'd watch a video essay and I'd look to recommended for it. Um, most of like what I could watch, like, you know, from, I won't name any channels, but, um, just a couple different channels were sort of like, like, again, what you described. Um, and ultimately, like when I think of the stories that I love, like the movies, the games, the shows that I really enjoy that have a personal, like intrinsic meaning to me. Um, it was hard to find any channels that really, really like truly touched upon and deciphered the meaning from those things Mm -hmm. other than just sort of regurgitating, sort of what the, the common sentiment about say like a Marvel movie that just came out was, or sort of what everyone thought about the latest star Wars thing, you know, or, 
or you know like at some point it's it, it just feels like i'm not really getting anything new mm-hmm. um so our tour was sort of you know me being like i i want to make the videos that i want to see like i want to make the videos that i want to when i sit down and at lunch you know at work or whatever i can just turn this on and and have a good time with it um and i'd say like the channels that probably inspired me the most i i and to touch on the documentary comment that is not something that inspired me in the beginning or something that I drew my style from in the beginning. But um, as time has gone on, like people have sort of, I've gotten comments, like, especially on my Clone Wars videos, people were like, oh man, like this is such a great doc, like on the show. And I'm like, documentary, what do you mean? And I, I didn't even think about like, you know, like, I guess there are sort of similarities there. And so as time has gone on, I've sort of watched like more documentaries to pick on sort of stylistic aspects but if there is anything that i've drawn from it's it's sort of more the long-form critique channels like um i'd say like uh if you've ever seen the channel like stories of old um another great channel is joseph anderson who i was gonna say he's like yep he's yeah. he's probably i think i found him i think i found you off of like a recommended video of his that's that's fulfillment for me because i love joseph anderson <laughs> yeah um Still waiting for his Witcher three video. Oh, um, yeah, seven hours. Yeah, it's like absolutely. A, yeah, he. <laughs> I remember Make it longer. <laughs> he he posted a he posted like a because he's I think he's in like the final you know editing process and he was like guess how long yeah. it is he didn't even put the correct answer on the poll because it was like actually I think it was like almost ten hours or something or something stupid. yeah it was pretty long yeah. Um, I never want to make a video that long. Oh, I hope, yeah. Hopefully not. But, um, and not that there's anything wrong with that either. Cause the amazing thing about Joseph Anderson is just like, you sit there, you watch a four hour video. At least, you know, I think of like his Witcher, the Witcher videos he's done so far. Like every minute of that is extremely thorough. And that is mm-hmm. just like, that's, that's oh. God level YouTubing there. I don't know like how he does it, but, uh, yeah, I, cause it's, there's such a, like a ebb and like, you get into the mindset, like at least this is kind of where I'm uh, at yeah. at this point is like, I see these like longer form videos and it's something I want to do, but I feel like long form is a more difficult thing to like cultivate when you aren't doing it in like a bulk of your time. So like if you have a yeah. job, essentially, <laughs> like I feel like yeah, it it's so like you just gravitate towards like shorter form content and i think that's what makes people's styles a lot of the time these shorter videos Mm -hmm. but i do really appreciate when i see people making uh long form content while you know they might not necessarily do youtube full-time or anything like that because i think that takes a lot of like control uh yeah because i always i mean i'm working on a like a long form video on like knights of the old republic and it's mm. just impossible, I feel like, at times, because I'll write part of it and then work on some other stuff because I'm like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to work, I don't want this thing, which I know, even if I worked on it solely, wouldn't come out for like a year. I want to try to put out yeah. other things, and then I come back to it, and I'm like, oh, this is dog shit. And, like, and then I just rewrite <laughs> most of it. It's like Endless I, cycle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and my question off of that is like, do you have those kind of moments and do you, have you done anything to kind of curb that um, either the mindset or like the 
the trend of constantly revising while working on something, especially if you put it down? I, I mean, uh, short answer. Yes. Uh, long answer. Um, I, I would sum up like sort of the, like the experience with making videos in our tour as like the, like, you know, the really popular meme where it's the, the boyfriend and the girlfriend, uh, the dude is like looking behind him at the girl yeah. walking by and the gr- girl's like, what the heck? Um, I'm the dude. The girl next to me is the video I'm currently working on. The video walking past me is the video I want to work on next. And I'm like, the, yeah, I, I got to finish this one first, though, you know. So um, and man, it's it, you know, I was going at a pretty decent rate like in 2020 and that was before my channel really had like any of the attention it has now. I was just kind of making videos because I wanted to make them. I was going on a pretty decent rate that year, putting out a video like maybe every month or every two months. But last year I was only able to put out four videos and that was like working the whole time, like mm-hmm. around, like you said, like a job and um, a couple different like m- moving apartments a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of difficult. I've gotten a lot better at it recently because of like, all the trouble I had last year where I sort of have it down to a, a process and like um, down to a, like I've, I've gotten very good at understanding like the economy of like the various parts of time, like how long it takes to make certain parts of the video. Mm-hmm. So um, if I know that it'll take me, you know, cause I just worked on a video for mass effect two if I know that it'll take me 40 hours to get through a Paragon playthrough and 40 hours to do a Renegade, Renegade playthrough, um, and if I'm doing that like every spare hour of the week, then it'd probably take me a week and a half to get through the Paragon one, a week and a half to get through the Renegade one. So that's three weeks. I, already, I can already block out three weeks for that. Mm-hmm. Um, at, then I also know that <clears throat> generally like the script can vary like that. I've written a script over the span of two weeks before, or I should, let me, let me, um, set this up better. One of the longest videos I've done on my channel took me two weeks to write. Another one of the longest videos in my channel about comparable length took me two months to write. So it like, and even then I think, you know, some people would be like, well, that's pretty good. But for me, I'm like, I want to get what's in here Uh, as quickly as possible. Yeah. That Um, is the worst feeling in the world. It's like, and yeah. like the the meme that you mentioned, like that's how I feel like ninety nine percent of the time because I'm like working yeah. on one thing and then I think I think of a better idea and then you know this old idea yeah. comes back up and I'm like oh shit absolutely like just absolutely yeah. chaos oh yeah yeah and you know so at some point like I I sort of then leave like a range of time for myself like realistically like i i don't want to spend two months working on this so let me give myself a month let me see what i can come up with in a month that might encourage me to make the video shorter than i originally intended that might encourage me to um maybe just get through the first draft as quickly as possible which isn't always a bad thing you know that's and and in some cases that's probably like the ideal sort of thing to do because then you can go back and revise yeah drafts um and then editing you know for an hour-long video almost consistently takes me about three weeks to a month Um, so once I've broken it down like that, I understand like, okay, like this is how long it takes me. And then the thing I'm starting to do now, which should hopefully not burn me out and hopefully uh, lead to more videos is I'm starting to overlap sort of the time, the sort of, I'd say like the pipeline of the current video I'm working on with the next video. So about halfway through the current video, I'm starting work on the video after that. And Mm. I've scheduled it as such. So, um, I, I've, I've gotten pretty good at that. I'd like to think, but 
again, yeah, like the hardest thing, the thing that I can never account for is, is that very thing you said, like of when you're sitting there writing it or working on it and you come back to it later and you're like, oh man, this isn't good anymore. And I do get discouraged and I, I do like beat myself down a lot along the way. And there are times where like, and, and it's just part of making stuff like making art really. Mm-hmm. Um, after you spend so much time with something, you sort of lose perspective on it. You no longer understand what made it good to you when you first thought of it. Like you just completely. So at that point, it's really just um, a matter of trusting yourself and a matter of just having faith that, in the thing you originally intended. And I'd say like nine times out of 10 for me, that's paid off. Uh, Cause when I put it out, it is that thing to others, what it was to me when I first thought of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's, it's a, it's, you know, maybe I look, make it look easier or even then, like I said, like I struggle with it all the time and I've definitely, there have been videos, there've been definitely uh, multiple videos in just the last few years where I started it. I got pretty far through it. And then I was like, no, I can't, I, I, I'm not ready for this or I'm not, this, none of things coming out right or whatever I wanted to like express is not coming through. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a battle, uh, in short. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And I think it's like <laughs> one of the more major pitfalls that, uh, like new creators fall into is like the constant revision phase or the, like, yeah. <clears throat> or you, you know, you think you have to make it big and grand and everything or it has to be good like you can just i've gotten to the point where like i've like completely scrapped videos i've completely edited but i i haven't done that anytime recently because i'm like you can release a video even if it's kind of bad yeah because you get you should hopefully get some amount of feedback if you Mm. like the problem is also (laughs) early on getting people to watch your videos is hard. So it's like this, it's like, I mean, probably the, I have like, I don't have a whole lot of videos out and I haven't like, and my topics jump around a lot. And like my most popular video is just like this random video. I saw something on like TikTok, and it made me want to talk about it. I talked about it and then, it's like has like triple the views of everything else I have. It's like five minutes. <laughs> it's just like yeah, yeah. And it's completely off topic from defeating. anything else. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's like wow. I got on camera and complained <laughs> about something I don't usually talk about, and it did better than anything else. Um, it, it's so yeah, and, it's YouTube, yeah, YouTube, <laughs> and just trying to figure out the I despise the aspect of YouTube where you have to stay in a lane almost to grow. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, I'm a very jump around person when it comes to like what I'm interested in. So it's like I'm working on this co- long form code for video. I have like a very random like short form video I want to do. And then I have like a like a Pokemon Nuzlocke video that I'm making right now, which is almost done. Yeah. Thankfully, it's just like yeah. I feel like I'm going to get genuinely pun- and like I've done. I do a lot <laughs> of um, fitness content stuff because it's something. Sure. Especially during the pandemic, I fell into and like researched a lot. And Mm -hmm. it feels it's like, wow, I'm really going to confuse like YouTube slash anyone who is subscribed to me because I'm putting out all these random videos on just different things. And YouTube also will just look at that and be like, oh, you have no like rhyme or reason. The algorithm. The algorithm is going to do you no good. 
the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah. It, yeah. And, you know, most of the people who have subbed to me are subbed from the one random video that did well. So it's just this. I I always get on this topic if I talk to people who make content on YouTube because the algorithm yeah. is such a genuinely confusing and frustrating thing. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. Um, And I, you know, I'll say like. I, I relate with your frustration very deeply because of what I went through with my previous channel, Um, my 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 previous channels, I mentioned earlier, Cytor gameplay let's play channel still up on youtube you can still watch most of the videos i encourage you don't because i made most of them while i was in high school um but regardless um you know like for a long time I, there were there were several like sort of shifts that i took with the channel over the years where when i started it i was like really into like the gameplay thing but as time went on like i wanted to do other things and the the um the like the part about that that sort of you know bit me in the ass was that um I built an audience off of this type of content and you know, it was an audience. It wasn't like the most loyal audience in the world, but it was an audience and they watched that. And I had a regular viewership from that. Once I went away from that, once I started doing other things, I could no longer rely on that audience to tune in because they were not getting in their sub box, what they subscribed for. And I can't begrudge them that that's just how it is. You know, mm -hmm. um, the problem on my end is I have to figure out how to, get their interest in it and hopefully you know the, the 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 principal hope for any youtuber at that point is if they are invested enough in, in my personality they will tune into that content but the real make or break moment a lot of the time is when you know you start you, you go away from the thing that they subscribe for and then a thing i found out with my channel was oh like people are not that interested in in what i have to say or or this topic mm -hmm. um and so that, that like, over time, eventually I went back to Let's Play stuff, but I didn't get any of the same views anymore. And, you know, it, it's an interesting thing, like the psychology of, of trying to maintain an audience on a platform like YouTube that you start to realize over time. And I almost just completely quit YouTube at one point because it was like, you know, like, I, I don't know what to do anymore. Like, I put something out and nobody watches it. And what it really took for me eventually was, you know, to realize that I can't, it's, it's such a cliche thing, but I can't do this for the views. You know, mm -hmm. if I want to make something, I have to make something that just the very process of making it will be enough, you know, mm -hmm. like, so I, I spent a whole year on our tour before I even had like 200 subscribers, just making slowly making videos that I really wanted to see. And, you know, I already talked about all this, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and that that was like, and so when I did get an audience, it was like, this is a bonus. Um, and, and now it's way more than just a bonus. But, um, and I can say in that regard, I'm very lucky because um, I, I do have a type of content, I think that is similar across all videos, but all of them are on different sort of topics. And, you know, I put out stuff like the Mass Effect 1 video last year, and that did not do super well, but then... I put out the Mass Effect 2 video just a month ago, and that did much better. Mm -hmm. uh, so the algorithm is a, is a, is a, fickle, uh, a fickle force, if you will, um, and <laughs> yep. hard to get around. And I, you know, my heart goes out to every sort of like smaller channel or creator, because believe me, I have been there. Um, so it's, it's tough. And the best thing I can say is just like, you know, just keep making stuff, have faith in yourself and, 
a bunch of other platitudes that you know don't make it go but wait how do i get views though it's yeah like, it's like i don't know like sell me the luck, course half hard work yeah it's like sell me exactly. the course sell me <laughs> where do i buy the followers no. it, yeah it, yeah i think that same sort of realization i i'd say i had like towards the beginning of this year of like mm-hmm. it just because i felt like i because i kind of stopped making stuff i'd have been i like got back into streaming again but it's like finding a balance between um doing like different forms of content because like people try to make streaming sound like just a super easy thing and it's like the process of it is like consistent like youtube is about consistency but twitch is about like a like insane consistency uh, because yes. of how bad the uh, like the SEO stuff and everything behind Twitch is, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, which is just like I I'm almost it's like you know you kind of have to play the ball of like I like streaming but it might be better to focus on YouTube for now and then streaming can be a more lucrative thing in the future. It's like you yeah. might it's just like I like streaming but also when I'm you know fifty percent of streams or two people or something it's like yeah i'd rather put creative more it's like you can be creative with a twitch stream but Mm. being creative with a twitch stream at two viewers doesn't mean shit yes where being creative with a youtube video could mean the world if you do it well enough and the algorithm like clicks for sure absolutely yeah and you know i'll say like whereas with youtube like for me like you know, I could not have an audience easy for me to say, of course, I could not yeah. have an audience and, and be happy with what I was making still, but genuinely, cause you know, I was for a long time, um, with Twitch, the very hard thing about that, you know, is, is like when I'm there, like, you know, the only difference in my mind between when I'm just playing a game normally say I'm talking to my friends on discord or whatever. And when I'm streaming is when I'm streaming, I'm doing it for an audience and mm-hmm. if there's no audience there, you know, or at least I can't share what I'm doing with an audience, it becomes a very like empty experience. And yeah, it's it's very defeating because I, I don't know, like Twitch is a nut. I have not been able to crack for myself yet, um, you know, in terms of like how to get people's attention. And, and I have thought about different things before, like, oh, what if I have like a cool like what if I have a cool layout, you know, or, or what <laughs> if I have some sort of like soundboard, but there's only so much you can do on Twitch. Um, yeah. That actually yeah, pulls it's, people it's in. It's, I, I think there's a little bit of a, cause Twitch is such a, it's a, you have to make a bit more of like a performance out of just video gaming because, you know, if you're yeah. just sitting, unless you're like, God, I like, get whatever game you're doing or you're speed running. It's like the, I think the best, like the best I ever did on Twitch was when I was speed running. Like in, mm. I wasn't even like crazy entertaining, but I got decent at the game. I was speed running. So people yeah. would tune in at times. So it's just like, yeah. there's like levels to it. It's like, if you're pretty good and you're pretty entertaining, like I think that can balance out or you can be yeah, one yeah. or the other. It's, but if, mm. if you're just like, just kind of okay. And then like, you're not being over the top. Uh, it's just not going to really work unless you have an audience already. But of course, yeah. And the like the catch 22 is just like there's you can be as entertaining as you want on Twitch 
and but it's like consistency and all these other factors also play in the role and like just literally being found and twitch doesn't yeah. let you be found um or <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's rough or youtube and this is kind of where i'm just like i feel like and i just perf- i like twitch streaming i think it's a really cool thing but youtube videos are definitely like it's just such this it's the thing i watch most of my day if i'm watching content is on youtube i think that's the same for most people who even make videos on youtube it's like you're a part even though it's a a massive community it's like it is a community still Um, yeah absolutely i think people who make all different kinds of content can appreciate content of all different kinds and it's because everyone kind of shares this corner kind of like um ambitious sense to uh create things that'll be on the internet for a long time yeah absolutely um so i did have a question because i did list so i did listen to the old republic podcast a while back when i was doing okay. some writing for my Shout kotor out video <laughs> yeah they're yeah like their podcast is great um mm-hmm. and i so in that uh podcast episode you mentioned that uh the clone wars was like your star wars and yes which is a concept that i kind of took and i was like that's a really good way of putting it mm-hmm. uh and it's something like i like i'm definitely going to like mention in this video that i ever make because i think it is a perfect explanation of like different tastes in star wars mm-hmm. because people have these varying you know, some people completely shun anything after like the sale to Disney just because of, you know, Disney yeah. or um, the other aspect of like how Star Wars in the current age is kind of changing how the story's told at least a little bit because of poor reception to the movies. Yeah, uh, and that's definitely a factor. I think it's like as someone who, you know, you grew up on the Clone Wars TV show. What would like, what do you think of like the current state of star Wars and like how they're directing the series even because we both, since we've um, we consume a lot of media around star Wars and we like kind of, I would say think about this more than some people. It's like, there's an obvious reason why star Wars is moving towards this kind of um, the more TV show act live action route. Uh, do you prefer that or do you, would you like the concept of like the movie still being like the centerpiece or what's your kind Um, of take on it? Yeah. For me, you know, and I thought a lot about this when I was making, working on my Clone Wars videos, because it's like you said, like without even really thinking about it, I know that the Clone Wars is my Star Wars, like in the same way, like my parents, like their Star Wars is, the first one it's the one they went to theaters to see um you know and and uh maybe a a generation slightly before me slightly older than me the prequels are their star wars and i'd say i was too young just a little bit too young and i missed that um but the clone wars was and you know it's i i you know have such a natural affinity for like what's going on now and like the star wars space because like with the mandalorian and uh, it wasn't my favorite thing in the world, but the book of Boba Fett, you know, I did enjoy the format of that show and the Bad Batch, which was great and Rebels, mm-hmm. which is a good show, um, you know, and 
I, to me, this feels like such a natural sort of per, like evolution for Star Wars to go to the TV medium. And I think a lot of it is because Star Wars is sort of born from and it was inspired by um, like a lot of sort of the Action Republic serials of like 30s, 40s, uh, 50s, I believe. Uh, anyone who's alive during the 50s, correct me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, um, you know, so like, you know, you'd, you'd have like the sort of walk-in theater with the serials and, you know, each one is like a short thing with a premise. Flash Gordon was one of them and that was a big mm. inspiration for Star Wars. That's where the opening crawl comes from. Um, and so it, it sort of, it, it makes like almost too much sense that Star Wars has ended up and has been as successful as it is on TV. Um, and that, you know, for George Lucas, sort of like the final sort of thing of his, his, uh, career, at least on the, um, directing, uh, filmmaking side of things was a TV show, um, an animated TV show, especially interesting because Lucas has always been sort of, um, you know, more than more than being the filmmaker storyteller that he's known from being from from the Star Wars movies, he's always been like a pioneer of, of like uh, emergent technology. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's made so many groundbreaking sort of achievements for, um, you know, like film industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, like I look at that and, and I, you know, I look at Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Bad Batch, Rebels, and I go, yeah, like Clone Wars is the blueprint. Like it's 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 right there. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was sort of a, a, a testament to what can work and, and, you know, you can certainly use that. You can, you certainly use DV, Disney plus or like the televised sort of medium to be like, you know, here's the sequel trilogy, but told as like a, a show. Um, and you know, it probably wouldn't be as good because, you know, it's like the story has to be good. Um, yeah. that's not a, uh, slight knock on the sequel trilogy i i i enjoy all star wars i enjoy those movies more than most people do but you know like yeah um, to me it doesn't hold a candle to yeah yeah i am that's opening up a whole can of worms yeah oh yeah the talk mentioning (laughs) the sequel trilogy is just like oh a bomb went off like yeah uh, yeah for sure but um but but yeah i I, oh sorry let me just i'll sorry you're good no you're good um and, and again, like sort of that that spirit of, of, you know, George Lucas being an emergent sort of or a pioneer of emergent sort of film technology. Um, the Mandalore, the Mandalorian is, is such a, a good example of that because of uh, technology. Um, I'm, I don't know if you've heard of the volume, which is like sort of their um, all of all of the most of the show is shot on a, uh, a soundstage with like an LED uh, like screen setup all around them. Mm-hmm. and yep i've they, seen they i've seen the videos a, of that they go into a game engine i believe it's like unreal engine actually and they manipulate the landscape around them like on the fly they can be like can we make that mountain higher and someone will have a laptop and that's make it crazy higher. and yeah and it's it it's game changing like they i believe they also use that technology on um the batman which just came out for some of the like rooftop scenes hmm. uh because of uh, because of COVID happening and they had to shoot some stuff um, like remotely or, or couldn't mm-hmm. shoot out in public. So they resorted to that. And Greg Frazier, who's the director of photography on Mandalorian was also the director of photography on Batman. Oh. So he's like, let me bring this over. So right there, you see this technology, this revolutionary technology proliferating around the film industry. Um, and that just, again, like it just goes to show what they're doing. There is like uh, revitalizing sort of the spirit of like what George Lucas brought to star wars so um 
I think that answers the question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, seeing, yeah. I, I'm remembering like the video I saw now because they did like a whole thing yes. about it from the first season of The Mandalorian, I think. Or Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, that mixing the tech between like industries and everything is um, something that when you kind of think about it, it makes sense. Like um, when it comes to like game design, like game engines and everything, it's like, oh, yeah. And with how crazy displays and everything are getting now, you can absolutely. It, it's just insanity. Um, so, and your point about like the Clone Wars kind of being this blueprint uh, mm-hmm. is really interesting to me because I recently, when I I rewatched Rebels uh, a few months back, I think I rewatched everything but the first season because I've seen the first season like three times at this point. Sure, and it's. <laughs> yeah. If and like you know, all things considered, it's probably out of all of it, first season's like the most meh. I would say I oh, yeah. love. No, I would agree, it's the weakest. Yeah, yeah. I love. I know Rebels. some people who would vehemently disagree with me, but I yeah. share your opinion. Uh, <laughs> and after watching that, I then went back through and watched the Clone Wars, which I was surprised how mm. much I remembered from like my childhood because I remembered watching yeah. it. I didn't realize how much of it I watched, though. I watched a lot of it, I guess. And oh yeah, you can clearly see like the beats that they took from that show, and you like the like when it comes to just I don't I don't even know how to properly explain it, but if you watch. Mm-hmm when you watch rebels, like some aspects you can tell have just even been like kind of smoothed out. And that's why I think towards yeah the first season, I feel like had the kind of bumpiness of a production that just switched hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you go on, you can just see how smooth everything gets both story wise, animation wise, everything. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's a really, I, it just makes me whenever I see the opinion, like I like I'll see like the video of uh, George Lucas uh, saying it was something he said in, like twenty nineteen or something where he's like Star Wars is kind of uh, it's not in my same scope or whatever it may have been like hmm. essentially um, or and I'm yeah. just I just think like and then I just see people in the comments of those things being like Star Wars has been bad since Disney bought it uh, just all this like. <laughs> just really bad, like, you know, nuclear bunker kind of opinions. And um, it's just like, I can't think of like someone seeing that there's just so much good Star Wars content that has come out post that. And there was also good content before that, but also, you know, questionable things before that. So it just seems so, you know, um, gatekeepy. It hasn't really changed that. Yeah, I'll say it hasn't really the only difference between that I've always felt between like Lucasfilm now and Lucasfilm pre Disney, at least growing up, um, is that there's just more stuff being made now, you know, mm-hmm. and and maybe you could say it feels slightly more corporate. I would I'd definitely point to a few instances of that in sort of Disney's tenure. But, yeah. um, you know, there were there were moments of that for Lucasfilm as well. And and you know, ultimately, like, the most important thing is a lot of the people who were at Lucasfilm before the Disney acquisition are still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, most of the ones that were there are the ones leading the company. Uh, like Doug Chang, who is 
like basically the art director for the prequel trilogy is the vice president of Lucasfilm now. Not many people know that, but, Mm -hmm. um, and he is like extremely involved and, and what the, the like vision of the sequel trilogy, the, all the star Wars shows, like, you know, that's, that's, that's all in his vicinity. Um, and then of course, like, you know, the sort of most, uh, obvious example being Dave Filoni, who's now, yeah. you know, like uh, essentially like George Lucas's like sort of apprentice is now the executive creative director at Lucasfilm. So, you know, like there's always you can always argue for like corporate meddling or, or corporate intervention here and there and uh, having an agenda or, you know, whatever, like you said, nuclear bunker type of stuff. But ultimately, like I would I would encourage people and, and dare people to look as deep as they can, because um you know like i personally feel and you might believe that feel the same way like there is like depth to these stories because they're actually being told by storytellers ultimately Mm -hmm. and your point about like how lucas films may have changed hands and all this stuff but the people who were there before that are still there and like that's something i feel like people really just don't understand they thought the purchase meant like everyone got scrapped it's a whole new team or something. It's like, no. And I've been, I bought the, um, it's called like, uh, oh, it, well, it's just called Knights of the Old Republic. It's a, a little like mini book full of like interviews where this hmm. uh, game journalist kind of goes through the um, production and the process of creating KOTOR from like uh, the initial talks at Bioware all the way through release uh, and he yeah. and he tells a story by he interviews you know Bioware employees, LucasArts employees, voice actors, you know everybody, and it's really interesting to get like that kind of view into how LucasArts, like back then especially, um, the way George Lucas uh, nit nitpicked a lot of like very specific things when it came to presentation, and I For mean sure. there's definitely still. I think there is still some of that because they're trying to keep some amount of continuity and like specific detail. But I think, I think lessening that like tyrannic grip um, or that might be a little bit too harsh of a way of putting it, but lessening that grip of the overwhelming um, George Lucas vision, I think allowed a lot of good projects to come out that may never have seen the light of day. Yeah, I mean, you know, like it, it is it is kind of interesting, you know, looking at sort of um like sort of you look at uh it was the expanded universe most people call know it now as like legends sort of material like all the books, mm-hmm. comics, video games, any sort of multimedia from um you know, like the the Lucas era of Star Wars. Um and and you know, you had a lot of like you know, creative freedom in some areas, but, you know, there's also like an interesting sort of trade-off now where, you know, a lot of things are connected through canon now, um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, in some cases seems like a hindrance, but it's also been, it's allowed for like these cool narrative payoffs. Like I would argue in the Mandalorian, you know, where people are like, oh, it's cameo of the week, but also it's like, bro, that's Cobb Vanth. That's from like Star Wars uh, Aftermath. Like he's, 
such a cool character. Now yeah. he's in live action, which is so cool. Um, and you never would have gotten that like in the in the previous sort of era because it was never that like organized. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 a it's it's been a good thing. It's been a good progression, and I'm sure people are aware of those qualities. It's just like you know there there's there's some things that people really you know are are um you know very determined to see like you know give me darth vader killing more people in the hallway and stuff like yeah. that and there's nothing wrong with that but you know it's yeah. like a story has to be told first you know and that's that's yeah. like the bottom line you got to make the the hallway have meaning sort of <laughs> exactly, thing exactly yeah. it, it reminds me of the the it's like a i think it's just like a fil- I can't think of the term right now, but I know in one of your videos you talk about like the ticking bomb or um, it's like if yes, no one sees the, um, the bomb. Yeah. Uh, that the Alfred Hitchcock sort of bomb theory. It's like if, if someone sees a bomb under a table, um, boy, even I'm not. <laughs> I learned that in college. Yeah. Um, it's such a good thing, though. Basically, it's like the audience knows something is going to happen before the characters do, mm-hmm. uh, which creates suspense, you know, because it's like you know it's it's the it's the classic yeah, it's thing the, of like, it's like oh my god <laughs> he's right behind you you know yeah. that thing yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh i i so on the i i'm gonna just move the topic a little bit to i for sure I, uh so how like I know you've you were on the old Republic podcast, so like you and I think you mentioned that you have played Kotor and you like Kotor. I guess yes. How um, I I hate being weird about this, but I'm like how how much do you like Kotor? This is such a weird question because I no, it's yeah. I feel like a dweeb because I also have like my my Revan mask up here. <laughs> I think that's dope. That's awesome. Yeah, awesome. and it's like. Uh, but it's because when it comes to Star Wars, I would yes. say my like my Star Wars is definitely like the first two Knights of the Old Republic games. Cause oh, yeah, I had I had like I was old enough where, you know, I missed out on the first prequel movie and then like the next mm. two I was fully on board. But yeah. I, I just remember like. I don't know if it was at like Walmart or like a random like used game store even, but we just like happened upon like a physical copy of KOTOR for PC. And it was oh, like yeah. first PC game we ever played. Uh, well, not first, first, but like the first single player, I think, RPG we played on our computer. And it was mm-hmm. it was <clears throat> definitely like a, it was right at the age where I think I could actually process like complex narrative, like in any mm-hmm. like reasonable yeah. capacity so it was like and you know just uh it was there's a lot of other kind of perfect happenstance things i think that uh influenced oh, yeah. that but um it it's definitely just this thing that i have you know i go back and i play through the games like once a year at this point um yeah and i I tried to form this into a question and in my notes, I just have general KOTOR <laughs> question. I'm like, why didn't I write something? I obviously had no way of phrasing this properly, but it's, I mean, I, I will never, um, I'll never bemoan, uh, any sort of any amount of KOTOR appreciation. So you're good. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah. And I, I love those games like KOTOR two, especially just my, I think yep. KOTOR one's the better game, but like, 
KOTOR 2 is just insane, like, where it goes with its storytelling. And I'd say, like, not that it was, it probably was not an inspiration for, like, um, I'd say, like, The Last Jedi, but you can see, like, you can see a lot of similarities between the two stories in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a very relevant, like, story for Star Wars still. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of those games. I played them... You know, because Mass Effect is also Bioware, and mm-hmm. Mass Effect was sort of, um, you know, as I explained in that uh, Old Republic podcast episode, is was like them making KOTOR, but not KOTOR. You know, they yep. moved on from it. And so I probably, I, I got into Mass Effect after KOTOR, but I've probably played more Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just because, like, for me, it's like more modern feeling. Um, but yeah. even still, like, I love KOTOR. Um, I'd say it's probably one of my favorite games ever. Um, I haven't played it probably nearly as many times as you have, but <laughs> yeah, I'm um, a bit of a just crazy person with the game, honestly. <laughs> uh, no, listen, I yeah, I've I've played like The Witcher three like probably five times, <laughs> um, almost a hundred percenting it each time. So it's like, oh gosh, yeah, that, that's yeah. A, that's a commitment. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I but I completely yeah. understand that feeling of just like. It's and like with these kinds of games, it's like I you just genuinely find new things almost every single time. Like, yeah, it's with how deep the like and, you know, the Witcher series, not like maybe earlier on uh, you could kind of compare them, especially because the Witcher uses like a bastardized version of the uh, engine. Uh, But it's. They definitely had the same sort of beginnings and the they both just attempt to tell these like over not over the top, but just these um, very deep narratives. And they want you to and they want you to fall in love with the world because they want you to give you all of this world to enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, like KOTOR has always felt like a a uh, alternate sort of Star Wars fantasy where like, I mean, and, and that that's almost very literally what it is now. Cause I'm, I'm sure it's like non-canon and it'd be hard to make it canon because of sort yeah. of like stuff that is going into the canon now. Um, but you know, like it's, it's like a perfect sort of alternate Star Wars space where you like, you are encountering like the same sort of Star Wars journey that, you know, from like the original films but everything is slightly different and it's it's been sort of retrofitted for like a gameplay experience for like a role playing mm-hmm. experience and so and also like it's kind of revolutionary for its time you know like i i you know i in my mass effect videos right now a big point i'm i'm making is the idea of like this is like a truly fully fledged cinematic rpg and that was that's a game changing for the rpg genre cuz it's like you know the RPG genre is born from like the pen and paper game and every sort of iteration of the, the like the PC RPG since then has been trying to take the experience that a a pen and paper player has like a a D and D player, if you will, Dungeons Dragons Mm -hmm. um, that they have in their head and has been trying to turn that into the game. Well, while mass effect, I feel like was the most successful like effort they had up to that point. 
Mm-hmm. They were trying to do that with KOTOR. They were trying to like be like, let's have the shot reverse shot camera angles. The screen comes down so it's more cinematic. Mm-hmm. Let's have like this wonderful score going in the background. Oh, yeah. Fully voiced characters and dialogue. All of that was like super crazy, like for an RPG at the time. So it's, it's, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's really hard for um, people who are getting into video games now to get into it because, you know, you play a game like Uncharted 4, God of War, Horizon Forbidden West, and then you're. You know, your friend tells you, oh, play, play KOTOR. And they say, what is this? Like, this is like, <laughs> what is this? this? Is like, what are these block like Kong, people? bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's. Well, so it's really good that it's getting remade for that reason, of course. But. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, it's interesting because, you know, um, Star Wars, like, it's, I, I find it really funny what they like to selectively take from KOTOR to canonize like yeah. specific like you know they you know they might take a name of a planet or they might take just just something random or i think like there's been like just a few like character names even um i know uh hk droids were in the mandalorian they had like it was like hk 77 or something like that and i was like whoa that's crazy like but yeah. um yeah no it's it's trickled here and there it's really interesting and i and like you said, when it comes to like, it's, I'm pretty sure like in there, when Disney bought everything, like a few years into it, that like they did trade up, like say like all of this is not canon. Uh, yeah. And KOTOR was a part of like that um, sort of blanket. And yeah. it, it's interesting to, cause I've also with this sort of research I've been doing, it's like, cause KOTOR pulls a lot of its, um, its world from the, uh, the, uh, Oh gosh, why can't I think of it right now? It's like the some it's a specific Jedi comic book from like the early nineties. Um and they It's not Tales of the Jedi, is it? It is Tales of the Jedi. I couldn't okay, think of it go. for some yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, and the story from Tales of the Jedi I find really interesting because it um uh, I almost say it kind of perfectly sets up this kind of cause Kotor um I think it would have been a very different game if the prequel movies didn't influence it as much as it did. Uh, yeah. Because there's a lot of aspects. And while towards the end of that comic book series, they definitely hint at this sort of progression that would lead to KOTOR slash like the kind of Jedi society that we see in the prequel movies. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just... and the the work that was done to uh because the essentially like the pitch that happened for that to become like the backdrop for the games is interesting and like it's interesting to see truly how involved LucasArts was in that game's development oh yeah Mm -hmm. like it was a hand-in-hand effort from like you know first conversations to release day like with stuff and um Mm -hmm. it's I I'm excited to see the like I mean there's a lot of like I feel like Kotor gatekeepers who are like don't remake the game you're gonna ruin it blah 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 it's like hmm. I the game if you want a modern on on eh, audience to truly experience it like I have a friend who really didn't get into gaming until like a two years ago and you try to make her play anything that's not like semi modern and it like just the graphics alone she's like this gives me a headache. 
And it's like, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. you kind of realize like there why is that disconnect. Why can't I look up ever? <laughs> <laughs> why is the camera so stiff? Why is like X, yeah, Y, yeah. why? <laughs> I, hey, why is this in, like this character not dying? Because I had that in my last KOTOR playthrough. There's an, um, on the Sith planet, one of the acolytes that you can um, essentially betray, like, mm. uh, or double cross, I guess would be the better term. There's a bug that can happen randomly where they're just invincible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that shit. Yeah. KOTOR is really buggy. Like, God, I had I my there's a pretty infamous glitch. I think my friend had where it's like anytime he'd switch back to his like main character character after combat, they'd be stuck in place, could not move forward. And he'd oh, yeah. have to do like a quick save and then reload the save and then he could move. And it was like, man, that's like that's a V-Sync yeah. problem. Like uh-huh. I, I ran into that specifically. It's down like, that road. It, it's V sync yeah. or something. Yeah. Oh God. Mm. Uh, Interesting. There's a lot of random, but you have to play the games with mods nowadays, especially because like playing on a modern platform oh, yeah. introduced even more problems. <laughs> like you can go back and play it on an yeah, XP machine if absolutely. you feel like it. Uh, but yeah. it, it's interesting to say like Kotor was a mess, but Kotor Two was like an absolute trailer trash disaster on release. Um, and yep. if, which is why, you know, the, I think the only version you can get on steam is like a modified version now. Um, oh yeah. The restored content yeah. mod or whatever. Yeah. Or, yeah. And even then, like you, it, it's pretty remarkable, like just how like much it adds to the game, but also like, oh yeah. Towards the end, you can definitely be like, something's missing here. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, you have a bunch of half comp- like half done things that were from the they yeah. were able there was so much left over in kotor 2 where in like kotor 1 there was cut content but not quite as much so it's like you play yeah. one or the other it's like you played kotor 1 all the way through uh with cut content and without it's a negligible difference in experience where kotor 2 is yeah. a different game when you're playing it through with the content mod like yes it, it's almost like playing a director's cut very yeah. strangely like <laughs> it, it is insanity um i yeah if i ever do like a kotor 2 video i plan to try to play through the like base game again and mm-hmm. i because i also have like i have the my first playthrough of that game was on xbox and that i'm pretty sure was even worse than the pc version i remember it being yeah. pretty damn bad but um oh yeah it, it's yeah, I I'm very excited at the concept of a Kotor remake because that means a uh, concept of a Kotor two remake, which is like just have telling that story in like a proper way um, sounds so especially if it would mean we would get a true like Kotor three game with and not the i love so i don't, felt don't don't get me too excited <laughs> i so i fell into the old republic a few months ago like and i played a shit ton of it because the mmo yeah i love that game yeah it's I've been playing amazing it it's i played so it at content. launch i played it at launch and oh yeah okay could not mm-hmm. it was so fucking it felt terrible uh yeah. but um so yeah i fell I think I am. I was max level before the uh, the new update, which I've heard mixed things about. But like, I was yeah, like, it's not the greatest. <laughs> I was. I'm almost done with like the. Um, oh god, I'm so bad at remembering anything. <laughs> like I, 
when it comes to what like, planet were names. you on? I can tell you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, it was well. It's the. It's not the uh, expansion before the new one. It's like the one before that. It's with the two brothers. I, oh, so you're doing? You're either doing Fallen Empire or Eternal Throne. I think I just started Eternal Throne. Okay. Like, yeah. I loved. Like boss and, yeah. I loved Fallen Empire. Like that was. Oh yeah. The I, the base game of that is like okay. I think. Mm-hmm. And then you hit the expansions, and the expansions are like a just leg up in every freaking way possible. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of, like even with an MMO, they put in just so much voice acting in everything. And yeah, it is yeah. truly like a, like the experience is like paramount, but what I don't Absolutely. like is what they have done to specific characters from KOTOR. <laughs> <laughs> like I have, I yeah. know there's parts with Revan Oof. like further on, I think um, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of Revan stuff. I just still can't stand how badly the exile is just completely like axed out of like the story and like how they, you could tell Bioware didn't intend for the exile to mean as much as I think KOTOR players did. Um, Well, yeah. And a little bit of that, I guess is, is in like in fault part to like sort of um, KOTOR two wasn't technically their game. You know, that was, um, Obsidian, obsidian yeah you know. obsidian and obsidian it's still part of like the kotor world it's just like you know for them it's not like it's, it wasn't part of their authorship and so i assume like you know their intentions for it are are not as sacred as it maybe were to obsidian you know mm-hmm. yeah that that makes complete sense and it's just something i've like because um drew uh, what is his last drew carpishan carpishan it's Yep. You know, I love the direction and like writing and every like everything that they did for the first game. I love mm. Obsidian. I think just took it to this like level of like, you know, making you think more about the universe that Star Wars is and like deconstructing it. And then yeah, he absolutely. kind of took that concept and then like threw it as hard as he could in the trash. Um <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like I like he still I think there's still at least a little like little beats of it and everything in the story of sure. the old republic. But yeah. the focus like and you can't I don't think you can tell a story like that in an MMO form properly. Um No, yeah. But it just feels like and it just the way they describe like the I guess the everything that happened post two just feels awkward um you know they were just kind of yeah yeah filling space it's very much uh um like a an effort of like um they'll reference things that happened in you know post kotor 2 which kotor 2 does set up like some crazy stuff for what would have been a kotor 3 but in old republic a lot of it is uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff. Yeah, it happened. There was no big yeah. deal. It happened. You know, we only um, talked about the and, death of the force. Like you know, just all this stuff. Yeah. It's like it's completely gone. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's it's. Um, I, I I think ultimately, like Old Republic probably does like the best it probably could have with that. Like because 
it's it's not trying to be kotor 3 it's trying to i always say like it's trying to be kotor 4 5 and 6 you know like mm-hmm. it's it's a new trilogy of stories ultimately and and then some you know because it's still being told mm-hmm. um but that doesn't change the fact like a kotor 3 is out there i know drew carpishan did write a revan novel which is like sort of the story of what would have been kotor 3 but um and it's it's really interesting because like this is a situation that i think keeps happening to drew carpishan because a very similar thing happened to him with mass effect where he set up a story the second person sort of took the story in like a different direction Mm -hmm. uh and then it came back to him in the third one which i suppose is also a little bit like the sequel trilogy um but uh <laughs> you know he had at that point had to be like uh well i here's what my instinct says as a storyteller with mass effect it sort of happens a little bit differently where he was there for like the first half of the series and then had some intentions for like how it would end but then different lead writer came in and then the rest is kind of history with mass effect 3 yeah um, but yeah <laughs> yeah it's i like i have that uh Revan book on my desk right now because I'm gonna read it at some oh, yeah. point. And mm-hmm. um like I've been buying I've been just kind of getting as much material as I can around for like this uh nice little Republic video because I feel like there's been yeah. good video essays about it, but not like kind of deconstruction of the process and just the game in general. I would um, agree. Yeah. So but the process of doing that and like trying to put the information in like key places is really hard as you can probably guess. Um, yeah. Cause you have to, you know, I want to reference um, like the old comic books. I want to reference this book I have about the development. Uh, I don't necessarily need to finish this Revan book for that because it's, since it's just the first game, it's contained. Um, yeah. There was the whole um, KOTOR comic book series, which is mm-hmm. amazing if you've never read it um i haven't but i've heard it is amazing i think some of like the characters that they the story that they tell is good even though it's not um they make sure to keep it uh contained in some way where it doesn't really affect the um the continuity of the kotor games um it's a safe story but it's a good story uh and you get to see just so much like pre-fall kind of information, which I really enjoy. It's like you got to see, you get to yeah. see the world functioning as it did before, um, before you know the Sith came back essentially. Uh, yeah, and then I also got the their the old Star Wars uh, tabletop RPG. They made a, a nice little Republic setting book, and I got that so I could kind of look through statistics and everything. And there's like just little bits of like added information, which I think is interesting. Uh, But Mm -hmm. just trying to take, you know, multiple books worth of information and like my own, like interject with my own sort of opinion and everything. It's I, I, I understand why it could take you like a solid amount of time just to write these things. And I, I think I'm, not pre my time frames are much worse because i'm not as refined but also i think um you seem to have like a bit more of a background in like it like in college like storytelling or uh sounds like you did something along the lines of like uh mm-hmm. with movies and everything yeah uh so it's 
it's been like getting over those hurdles of learning new things is like, a, but once you have a grasp of that new concept, it's much easier to apply, which. Oh yeah. Which yeah, then refines. Run with it as much as you can. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is just like, I think is a very, uh, you can, I think it's a very common thing amongst a lot of YouTubers where you can tell where they're already comfortable, like in certain aspects, whether it's, Mm-hmm. sound uh editing subject matter pacing whatever it may be it's like oh yeah. i you can see like these little good things it's like i think the one thing i have going for me in this kind of sense is like i just do the tech stuff well but that doesn't work if what i'm talking about <laughs> isn't interesting <laughs> sure sure but um and i th- well I'll, I'll, oh sorry i was gonna say like another thing you do have going for you like Again, I'm I'm full of cliches, you know. Every time I have these things, but um, is that you? You come from a place where you genuinely love like Kotor. You genuinely love the topic and care about it, and that will like carry you through a lot of stuff. Like for me, like with the Clone Wars videos, like I mean, you know, like like you said, background in film stuff like that, and that's true. Like I've been editing videos for a long time. I've I've written scripts, done short film stuff like that. So you know, I had like a, a way in in that sense. But ultimately, like nothing like helped me more than like having just like a genuine passion and love for the thing I was talking about because that sort of illuminated like what the video needed to be or what the videos needed to be. So like that's one of your big strengths, frankly, going into that code tour video. Mm-hmm. and yeah i because and going off of like from watching your like i've watched those star your clone wars videos probably multiple times and i've watched your rebels videos specifically probably three times because well thank you <laughs> and, so and like rebels is just this kind of thing where i have like a very kind of soft spot for it because i watched it like I don't know if it was like week to week when it came out, but like I kept up with it for a good amount of time. I didn't watch it yeah. all the way through because I think there were, it also had like not a hiatus, but like a little bit of like a gap between one of the seasons. I can't there remember. Were gaps. Yeah. Um, but I just remember at one point like falling out of it after like one or two seasons. Um, mm. And I, but when I came back to it, I, I don't know, just I appreciated a lot of what that show did. Um, oh, yeah. And the story it told. And then when I went back and watched Clone Wars, it's like, oh, so that's where a lot of this came from. And when I watch things like The Mandalorian, it's like, obviously, it's different because it's live action, but you can still of course. feel that same sort of... There's just a love for the source material and a lot of the stuff. And Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It also... it, But it's not afraid to try new things, do... And I'm especially with the Mandalorian. I love the Mandal like the Mandalorian concept of mm-hmm. um, just how they operate their um, society and everything. And yeah, it's really and like it's. I just like it a lot that a lot of that was born like at least came from the comics originally and just expanded into this crazy oh yeah sub part of the universe. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and KOTOR, also, like, a big part of that. Like, Mandalorians are so integral to that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when they when they did Mandalorians and the Clone Wars, like, at that point, it was sort of George Lucas being like, all right, here's what actually happened. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. a <laughs> lot of table. that was... 
Yeah, yeah. A lot of that was built off of like <clears throat> the work that like all these creators in the comics and uh like the games had done for years with Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Um so it's sort of it's sort of been like yeah, it's 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 been like a, a continuing sort of thing of like you said, a love for the source material. Mm-hmm. And like that when we talk about kind of these side projects to the movies, I think that's why I enjoy it's like maybe when I was younger, I had in my head I was like, you know, the movies are what matter. But as I've gotten yeah. older, it's like you just appreciate the TV shows and what they do for the overarching story. Um, oh, yeah. And you just really appreciate the kind of um, I don't know where that thought was going, really. But it's just the. You could just get so much more of the world out of those things. And like KOTOR Absolutely. was just like this sort of moment where you just realize like, oh, Star Wars is like, you know, space cowboys, but like it's like cool space cowboys. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so much more. Yeah. It's 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 great. Yeah. But, you know, I I won't keep you too long. I think we've been talking for a while now, but uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me first and foremost on YouTube as Artur. I'm sure my name is in the title here somewhere. I won't spell it out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, of course, I upload all kinds of videos, video essays on video games, movie stuff, obviously Star Wars. So stay tuned for um, a lot more of that. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at uh, Parks Harmon. Um, I tweet on the daily. Uh, I don't really post pictures there ever, but uh, I will eventually maybe follow me on Instagram as uh, Parks Harmon as well. Um, and then on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Sator, uh, just replace the AR with S A I and you'll find me. Um, I have not been streaming super regularly though. Um, there's a good chance I might get back to that when, uh, Lego Skywalker saga comes out in a week or so, or, um, yeah. So you probably noticed on discord, I had the, the Lego Bosque profile. (laughs) I saw that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's a fun little uh, sort of cultural phenomenon the lego star wars games are so yeah, yeah that's I, where you can find me i i now like that like i wish i had had a question about that because that was like another big thing i think <laughs> probably probably from both of our childhoods like of playing the lego oh, star sure. wars games because it's yeah. it was just such a good co-op experience like um if you had siblings or anything or just friends even like i played oh, my yeah. me and my brother played through just every lego star wars game released but oh yeah Fr- friendships were broken on the uh the must- mustafar duel level uh, yeah Infamous oh, oh god and that just reminded <laughs> me of the terrible uh, not terrible but like good kind of bad episode three game uh um, so bad it's good yeah so bad it's good <laughs> or did you okay this will be the last bit did you ever play okay. the uh phantom menace playstation one game I did not, but I watched a friend of mine play through the entire emulator, and boy, it's rough, but man, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, me and my brother beat that game like two or three times on co-op when we were younger. Oh, it, I think we played that before we saw the first movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. It's awesome. But yeah, it was great talking to you. Sure. Thank you for having me on. Of course.